You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Let's just try to tidy ourselves up a little. You know, it's okay when you come into his presence and he moves your heart and he stirs up his glory within you. When you begin to worship him and you tell him you are the one who is high and lifted up, when you begin to adore him and say, none like you. He shows up, amen? And indeed, he shows you that there is none like me. Hallelujah. I'm going to speak briefly this morning. Something the Lord has uh, (laughs) been laying on my heart. And uh, I have touched on this before. How many of you remember when I spoke on locking shields? Yeah, some of you remember locking shields. I'm speaking on that this morning, but with a subtitle. My subtitle is Powerful Together. So we are locking shields because we are powerful together. You see the kind of glory that came into the house. You know it's a result of all of us being here together. There's something that happens when we come together. And not just coming together when we are united, amen. When we are one, we become powerful. When I spoke to us about locking shields, we were talking about Roman soldiers and how they used to fight. The fact that they would take their shields and they connect it to each other. Right? you remember? And they connect it. And when their shields are connected that way, you don't know who the weak one is. You don't, you cannot target the one who is weak. Because you don't know who is weak when we are together. You don't know the one who is not doing so well. You know, pastor spoke so powerfully last week. I haven't been able to get over that word, especially the second service when he was speaking about Nicodemus. Amen. And he talked about the way Nicodemus came at night. And that was his level there. Amen. And the truth of the matter is we are all at different levels. We're not the same. But you see, what would help us achieve more, what will help us conquer, what will help us take territories that God has ordained for us to take, what will help us take Midrand is if we are together. Is if we lock shields. 
is if we decide, you know what? I'm not able to do this by myself because I'm an easy target. But when I come with my brother, when I come with my sister, the enemy doesn't know. Acts chapter 4, 32 and 33. Acts 4. And the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Let me pause here, go back, please. The Bible says they had all things in common, right? Nobody said that this is mine and that is yours. I was looking at that and just uh, laughing about a simple scenario that played in my head. Have you been in a situation maybe when you were in school and you didn't really have food and you had a friend who had maybe some tomatoes and the other one who had onions, yeah? And someone who had spices and maybe oil. Or you said, okay, I have meat, yeah? whatever school <laughs> and you came together <laughs> you knew that you could not eat your meat the way it was and the one with the tomato no matter how much you love tomato just eating it as it is will never satisfy and so you say I have this and I have that and say bring your tomatoes you bring your chicken Let's cook. And then you cook. When you finish the cooking, the one who brought the salt cannot say, because I brought the salt, I need to take more. Listen, even the one who brought the meat, because when you look at it, the meat is, you know, the top. <laughs> So even the one who brought the meat cannot say, because I brought the meat, I take the largest share. When it has all been mixed up and you have all things in common, nobody can say, this is mine and this is yours. Amen. Verse 32, 33. And the Bible says, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Great power and grace was upon them. What unleashed the great power and grace? It was the fact that they were in unity. It was the fact that the Bible says they were together, Having all things in common. No one's saying I'm better than you. Amen. No one's saying I'm adding more value than you are adding. No one feeling like a spiritual giant. And looking down on someone else who perhaps 
does not have the kind of anointing that you are flowing in? Can you imagine if Pastor Eric decides, I am so anointed, I do not need Lucia. Who is Irene? I don't care about Irene. So I will welcome the people myself. I will come in here. I will lead the prayers. I don't need any Shireen in my life. And when I finish leading, I will play the keyboard and sing at the same time. I don't need anyone because keyboards nowadays, I can have the drum. Can't so why do I need Caleb? I don't need you. Now, the problem with that, do you know why there's such a flow? It is because of the different parts functioning together. The day you begin to think you can do it all by yourself, and as a church, if we decide that, no, I'll just mind my own business and do my own thing. The day we decide to start doing things on our own, the day the power and the grace of God we're supposed to operate in begins to dissipate. This morning, I want us to know that we are powerful together. And when you begin to realize <laughs> that without Anele in your life and without Evangelist Rudzani, without Pastor Ryan in your life, without all those people in your life, when you begin to realize that without them in your life, you are not so powerful. You are not so powerful. I don't care the kind of power you think you've operated in. If there's no fikile in your life, you are not so powerful. So when you see that you need your brother and you need your sister, there's a way you begin to live your life. And there's a way you begin to relate. Amen. Psalm 133. Verse 1 to 3. So the foundation for great grace and power is unity. The day we come into this house and begin to see things happening anyhow, trust me, it will be because there is unity in the house. There will be no one-man show. Amen. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon, Descending upon the mountains of Zion, 
For there, somebody say for there. The Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. It is there that the Lord commands blessings. She says, the Bible says, when we come together, when we are together, he says, it is like that anointing that was on Aaron. There's no anointing oil here. I'm not about to anoint anyone. <laughs> I just want to show you something. Yes, thank you. No, they have everything. Please open for me. If you ever need panado, it's there. <laughs> Thread and needle, ask. Even a new car, ask. They have. <laughs> they are a fantastic protocol team. <laughs> Pastor Ryan, when you were anointed, when you were ordained, you were anointed, right? With oil. Hmm? Maybe like that. All right? <laughs> there was some oil that was put on you. And that's powerful. And I can go to evangelism and I can anoint. And it's like a drop of oil. And, go, and I'm not using the whole bottle for you because she got <laughs> excited. <laughs> It doesn't matter how you were anointed. The Bible says that when you are together, the anointing that is on you is like oil that is poured, that runs from your head to beard. Oh, it's not a drop of oil. A drop of oil doesn't have that kind of flow. On you, is, you know, it's fine, it's great. You are anointed, amen. But when we are united, when we come together, the kind of oil, the flow of that oil is like oil that is running from your head to the beard all the way to the hem of your garment. That is a lot of oil. That is a lot of anointing. That is a lot of power. But if you decide that I'm, I want to be anointed all by myself, your oil doesn't run that much. You may not experience the kind of overflow that you would experience if you are together. We may not need to put any oil on everyone in this house, but if we are anointed, if we are united, it will be like oil. That is flowing. That is flowing. It will be power that is flowing. I want that level. And you can only have that level when you are together. I don't want the level of me, myself, and I running around with my little grace or my little anointing. I don't want to call the grace of God little. But when it is possible for me to join forces and carry such power, I would rather join forces. Amen. 
What does the Bible say? <laughs> Verse 3. He says, it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Like the dew of Hermon. This is incredible. I love this picture of how our unity can be like the dew of Hermon. The dew that is on Mount Hermon runs down on Mount Zion. Uh, excuse me. The dew, it is like the dew that is on Mount Hermon. Who knows where that is? I think it's around Palestine. Yeah? In the Middle East. He says, it is like the dew of Hermon. Do you know when you are together? Who has ever woken up in the morning and the dew that maybe was there overnight, it caused a flood? Uh... When you, you know, because I, there are things I don't know. <laughs> and that's why I need help. If maybe it happens, I switch. Trust me, I have plan B. <laughs> but have you woken up and the dew on your grass or the one on your window, when it was running down, it was so much that it was watering even places that were not close by. That it became like a flood that is flowing. What dew do you know that flows? He says it is like the dew of Hermon that is descending, that is flowing. When we come together, there is a flow that begins to happen. Our oneness can affect Malawi. Malawi church and the people that can be watered, are you following? They can be refreshed when they are patched, when it is dry. Just because Midrand is one. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commands his blessing. Amen. That's what I want in my life. I want that level of connection. Amen. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 from verse 9. He says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Now, I know that these are scriptures you know, and I need to quickly let you know that I am not bringing this word because there's something funny happening. All right? Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, we're thinking, ooh, who knows? Division in the church. <laughs> there's some, no. This word is coming because there are things God wants to do in our midst. But we will limit those things if we're not united. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one 
to help him up. When I see someone who begins to isolate himself or herself, when someone starts isolating, I know that one is about to become meat for Satan. When you begin to isolate yourself, you become a target for demons. The madman of Gadarenes, or what's his name? He, he wasn't sitting in the house with his brethren. He was there, out there in the tomb. Alone. When you isolate yourself, then demons will find, ah, easy target. I can easily get this one. So, when you fall, there'll be no one to help you up. But when we're together as a body, when one falls, we're able to lift the other one up. Remember, no, it wasn't to you, it was prevailing women when we were speaking. And we said, we need to get out of that demonic place. I didn't say it to them that way. But we need to get out of the place where one falls. And instead of you having the heart of God and raising him up, you kick him down the more. And why does that happen? Because you are sanctimonious. Holier than thou. Because you are a spiritual giant, isn't it? So that when someone like Nicodemus does what he does, you'll be like, well, that's not how we do things. You, you, you need to make, put it out there. You, you don't realize that there are different levels. But then again, when one falls, if we are together, our duty is not to help him stay down, is not to do things that will keep him down or even make him run and hide. How many people do you know who ran because they sinned? But if you are the kind who says, you know what, I know what you did, but I'm going to help you. I will strengthen you. The righteous may fall seven times. But you have what it takes to rise again. That only happens in the place of unity. Verse 11. Again, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Somebody say electric blankets. <laughs> Yeah, because there's some very smart minds here. They're thinking, we, we can make it happen. <laughs> the, the one, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord cannot quickly broken. It's not quickly broken. Amen. When you are alone, it is easy for the enemy to floor you. 
But when you stand together, when you are, you, you've locked shields, amen. When you have hooked your hands, when your soul, you, you know, is like Jonathan and David, amen. When you've come together as one, it is very difficult for the enemy to come in and do what he wants to do. It will be difficult for you to come to me and say, hey, you know, Pastor Eric, I, I don't know. I don't know what you see in him, hey? <laughs> because he's, the, you know, and you begin to paint pictures. What you don't know is that I'm locked in with him. And so it doesn't matter what you come to say to me. You, you will not, a threefold cord, me, him, the almighty. Amen. It cannot be easily broken. That is what it is when we are united. Amen. When we come together in your home, listen, there is a flow that you will have when you are united. Everyone will be touched. Everyone will be affected when you are connected. You know when we talk about connect groups and we're saying get connected, get connected. The truth of the matter is I may never get to physically touch you. Are you following? And you may never get to physically touch me or touch him. Are you following? But there is someone that is connected to him. Link your hands in front for me, please. If you can even stand. Yeah. I'm happy you stood, so come. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> They're in the spirit. Because I needed more people. <laughs> now. She's not touching him. But she's in the mix. They are so well connected that whatever is passing through her flows to her, flows to him, flows to her, and continues to flow. Whatever life this one carries, when you are united, it passes through. And it flows. You cannot say, ah, because I'm not physically touching this one then. No, if we are united and we are connected then we flow. But if Caleb, if Caleb decides that he's too anointed, there's no one like me. All powerful, all gifted. And so I don't need anyone else. Guess what? You still have the grace that is on your life, but guess what you are missing out on? He says, what is this? <laughs> you are missing out on what she carries. She carries. She carries. He carries. You're missing out on the power that is supposed to have flown into your life. Thank you. I want to awaken us To this need for us to be one. And not a one-man squad. 
I want to awaken us to the fact that, yes, we may be different, but God loves our diversity. He made us the way we are. Glory be to God. <laughs> I value my connections, amen. I value my connection to you. I value my connection to you. Amen. I may not be touching you, but trust me, I'm connected to you. And I value it. The fact that we are different doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> there's a man of God. He's actually my sister's pastor. Very interesting story. He says he went, <laughs> he went to... To, to cut his hair, went for a haircut. <laughs> and then when he got into the place to cut his hair, he saw another man. There was a man there sitting, and there was a lady doing his fingers for him, you know, manicure, and another doing his toes, you know, pedicure. And man of God, you see, there's some of you like man of God, I'm ready. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> and he sat and then he was watching him my dear man of God and I really like him the guy that I like he, says, he looked at him he says he had taken him to the gates of heaven and said dear God make sure he doesn't enter <laughs> he says what kind of man is this he says this is an adulterer can so he's telling the truth. That's what he said. He said, how can somebody be comfortable? A married man. One woman touching his fingers. Another woman touching his toes. And, and he's okay with it. And he's relaxed. And he's enjoying it. No, he's an adulterer. So he says he had condemned him. He, he was just looking at it that he was just mad throughout. It's like, what nonsense. <laughs> then when it was time for him to cut his hair, and they called him and he sat, <laughs> this adulterer came to him, you see, because that's how we judge, came to him and said, God bless you, pastor. <laughs> now he has a mega church, okay? <laughs> so... He might have been his member and he didn't even know, but fortunately he wasn't his member. <laughs> Says, God bless you, Pastor. Uh, Pastor, I just paid for your hair cut. <laughs> Pastor nearly died. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor said, he immediately said, Father, forgive me. <laughs> if you don't forgive me anything, this one, please, Father God, have mercy on me. Adultra said to him, I listen to you all the time. You're such a blessing to me. I am the leader of our singles ministry. He's a pastor, that adulterer. <laughs> and I would like you to come and minister at our church. Man of God was dying the more. <laughs> He's like, Jesus, can it get worse? And they built a relationship <laughs> from there. 
He found out the guy wasn't an adulterer. <laughs> he just found that the guy enjoyed his grooming. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> when he was telling the story, I was listening, I was laughing. I'm thinking, what, what if the guy went for a massage? He would have died. <laughs> The fact that you are the way you are, maybe religious, pious, whatever it is, and there's someone else who is freer than you, someone else who likes to express themselves, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. You can still hook up with that person. The fact that I come to church and the person beside me has dreadlocks, it does not now mean, hmm, demon, that hair. Why will anybody? There's a message going on, but you are just casting out demons. Someone says what you don't understand, you demonize. When the person doesn't look like you, something must be wrong with that person. We are powerful together, even with our differences. You cannot hate me because I don't like certain things. Just know I don't like this, and I know you don't like that. That's okay. The same man of God, <laughs> as he was talking about that guy, he says, you know, because of who I am, uh, it's so bad that if I die and you bury me and color my hair, I'll wake up. That's to tell you the kind of person he is. He says, if you color my hair and bury me, I will resurrect. That's a sure way of resurrection happening. I'll wake up. When you see someone who is different from you, when you see someone in the family who loves to do things different, embrace them. Oh, you like your low cut? If I like my hair purple, yeah, if I like it purple, just say you look good. I will not wear it purple. You might not wear it purple, but if someone else wears it purple, it's okay. They've not backslidden. There's no demon in it. You can still lock shields with that person. I'm going to end now. If you look at the disciples, there's so much I have to say. But if there's anything you can get today, is that we are powerful when we are together. And our differences does not mean we should not work together. That you're an introvert and I'm an extrovert. Or you like social media, and I don't like social media. Or you like to party, and I don't enjoy partying. It doesn't mean that there's a problem with me. It means I'm just different. But we can still be together. When Jesus chose his 12, you will think that it would have been easier for him to just choose people that were alike. 
Are, are you following? Maybe everybody with bald head. You know, uniformity, we're all uniform. But he chose different kinds of people, amen. Different, um, let's look at, there are different accounts, but let's look at Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to 19. I will close just now. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. And he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. And to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. So these are the ones he called Simon to whom he gave the name Peter. James the son of Zebedee and John the brother of James to whom he gave the name Boanegs, something, that is son of thunder, <laughs> sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Look at the mix of the people that Jesus chose. People like Peter, fishermen, that he chose people like Matthew, tax collector. For you to be a tax collector, you must know one or two things about money, isn't it? So let me just assume that Matthew was in a bit of a finance guy. So an intellect, you know, he was quite intellectual. And, and Peter, a fisherman. A lot of them were fishermen. And who else? Simon the Canaanite, Simon the Zealot. Yep. Now, Simon the Zealot, those guys in our modern day, here, right here in South Africa, is like EFA. <laughs> those guys will oppose anything. Are you following? That's who Simon was. But Jesus chose the EFF. He chose the tax collector. He chose the fisherman. He chose Judas. And he mixed them all up. And he said, you are my family. Amen. You are my family. Time will not permit me to show you Judas Judas is current. The only, let me tell you that Judas already was feeling like an outsider. All right? Because he wasn't like, the others were Galileans, you know, he called them by the Sea of Galilee, all of those. Judas was Judas, it's Iscariot. You know, he's like Shaka Zulu. <laughs> let me explain what I mean. Shaka. <laughs> Shaka Zulu cannot be from, cannot be Kosa, isn't it? Aha, uh -huh. Shaka, when you hear the name, you know it's, from, it's a Zulu person. Aha, uh -huh. that's what I mean. <laughs> so he's, <laughs> he's from Cariot, amen. And so he was the only one who wasn't really in their clique, kind of. 
And instead of embracing that difference, it became a problem. And you will see that it was a problem. And things started getting, you know, creepy. I told you, when you isolate yourself, the enemy comes. It was the very reason why Mary came and was wasting perfume. And he was complaining. Something had entered inside already. That difference, that thing, that isolation, that thing of feeling, I don't belong. I, I, listen, I belong. You belong, I belong. Are you following? We, we all belong. But when you start feeling, you know, I don't really belong. They don't accept me. I don't think they will accept me. Nobody has rejected you, okay? I don't, I don't think, you know, because I'm not, I'm not Zulu and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not whatever. Yeah. You are accepted, my dear. This guy felt rejected. Rejection that he brought on. And so he allowed the enemy. And he was complaining and being religious about it. We could have sold this thing and would have fed, you know. It had entered into him already. That's what happens when you isolate yourself. The enemy begins to whisper things to you. When pastor is blessed. Evangelist is blessed. I'm like, hmm. We could have sold that car and built yes, and built a church for Malawi. When Mary brought it, did you donate? Did you give her money to buy the perfume? She decided what she wanted to do with the perfume. Who are you to say? That's by the way. What I'm saying to you is that things had already crept in. When you isolate yourself, things will creep in. But when you are united, when we come together, when we connect, we celebrate each other. And then the power of God can flow in our midst. The oil of the, of the anointing of the Holy Ghost can flow in our midst. Amen. Do not be like Judas. Listen. Last thing, and I'm, I dropped the microphone. <laughs> you see, that laughter wasn't good for me. Because you just took away what I wanted. <laughs> now you stand up and let us pray. All right, listen, we are a family, amen. amen. And you even have, even your natural family, you did not choose them, right? You didn't choose your natural family. God placed you in that family. You don't take it for granted. There are things that will not happen. There is grace that will not flow, and I'm, I've brought it home to our individual families. There are graces that will not flow. There are things you will never experience if you don't drop the division. If you don't come together. If you don't bury the hatchet. If you do not decide, you know what? What we are looking forward to is more important than what has happened. 
if you do not bring yourself to the place where you are saying, we are stronger together. You will never experience what you're supposed to experience as a family. So I want you to leave this place. Those of you that need to call mom, mom, I'm sorry. Those of you that need to turn to your husband, turn to your wife, turn to your siblings or whoever and say, you know what? We are more powerful when we are together. I want you to do it. Amen. Come on, let's just thank the Lord for his word. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.